usually I try to have like a little thing that we say at the beginning of the podcast and then it goes into like the intro music mm-hmm. and then it's like, hello, welcome to whatever. I do not know what I'm going to do for this podcast. What, like you take something we said, said like, like the out of context or something? Not necessarily out of context, right. but just like something that either isn't going to fit into the rest or that I thought was funny. And I just don't know what it's going to be this time. There it is. We got it. Hey, welcome to Let's Run That Back. I'm Cody. And I'm Matt. And we're two brothers that talk about movies as if our opinions matter at all um that's our catchphrase exactly we just started it this time did you like it actually don't tell us um okay so anyway this week we did the invisible man um this was a movie that was made in the 1930s or 40s i think it's been made two or three four times you think it's been made a lot of times oh yeah well they also had like wasn't there a kevin bacon kind of like invisible Hollow man, man. That was a good movie. You liked that one? Mm -hmm. I think I remember you watching that movie when I was younger and me having no idea what the movie had to do with, but being scared of it because the guy was Mm -hmm. invisible. Was was it like a thriller, that one also? Yeah. I was going to make a joke that I watched the old one and you saw the new one. It was a big misunderstanding, but then we started actually having a conversation about Hollow Man and it sounded pretty natural, so I'm not going to do the joke anymore. Um, Pretty much this... Let's point out... The joke that we didn't make. That's what I'm doing right now. I don't have, we don't even have to do it anymore because I just did it. Oh, okay. Um, so we saw The Invisible Man, the new one that just came out, uh, directed and written by Lee Either Wanel. I like to think of it as Wanel because Wan-El. it makes me feel like he's related to Superman. Okay. We did look up pronunciation videos and we got two different pronunciations. So all we know is his first name just is a bunch Lee. Of pictures of Steve Buscemi. Yeah, it was weird. Anyway, um, the movie was directed by Lee Winnell, um, who has also written um, other horror movies like Saw and Insidious and Insidious Chapter 2. I think he may have even written Insidious Chapter 3. Possibly even writing insidious chapter four i'm not 100 percent sure he was definitely that. in all of them yes he was in saw and he even and had th- a little cameo in the invisible man <clears throat> and um, i think he wrote saw two also really i think i didn't look it up we sure. didn't look that up if we're wrong who cares honestly our opinion doesn't matter see how i brought it around there and to the, the points are made up no don't say that i don't know if it's copyright oh, okay. or something like that sorry <sighs> we don't need drew carey <laughs> No, period. End of sentence. (laughs) We We don't need Drew Drew Carey. (laughs) Oh, God. So, um, we saw The Invisible Man. Um, I went and saw it with my SOB, Dylan. (laughs) I actually kind of by accident tricked him into seeing it because he doesn't really look forward to seeing horror movies. And as far as I know, he's never seen a horror movie in a theater. And I kind of just assumed he would know what the invisible man was when i asked if he wanted to see it and just before i was telling him that our good old buddy lee wrote and directed it and he was like wait a minute is this a horror movie and i was like oh god (laughs) (laughs) but um i absolutely love horror movies it's kind of rare when i go to a horror movie and don't at least enjoy myself Uh, i do want to put that on the table but i personally liked this one a lot I'm a little bit the opposite. I 
James Wan specifically has, I don't want to say brought back my love for horror movies. It seems like a, a wow, bit dramatic. Really like, yeah. <laughs> but his are really, really good. And I want Lee Wano in with him because they're kind of, you know, creative partners. Yeah. Um, but a lot of the horror movies that were popular when I was growing up and when I was, were like, Final I know what destination. You, yeah. And I know what you did last summer and just slasher kind of movies yeah. that I don't know. wasn't really my thing. I like the ring. I like scream. Cause it's kind of a, um, commentary on the horror genre, which yeah. I thought was kind of cool, but I feel like a horror movie has to be pretty unique or, or do something really well to really capture. I will um, agree my that ima- my imagination or grab me. I will agree that when I was, when I was growing up, it was just after that period. So I was able to kind of, go back and watch the good ones from before and then i was able to kind of i mean like i said i like kind of any of it i like paranormal activity i like all the Garbage. saw movies i like we even went and saw like all the saw movies saw, we were going and seeing it saw one through four mm-hmm. are great i like five though too five is good six and seven are like yeah come yeah i get it that being said I am totally going to see Spiral when that comes out. I really like that they gave Chris Rock a Saw movie. With Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. But they're like, oh, get out? Us? Oh, these <laughs> black comedians can make <laughs> horror movies? Anyway, another great horror mind of our generation is <laughs> Lee Wenell. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to start calling him Lee. He's our buddy Lee. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to say spoilers before any of this. We're just going to talk spoilers the whole time. What, so what did you think of The Invisible Man? You said what you think of horror movies. Um, I feel like it would have been better off as The Invisible Movie. Wow. <laughs> you looked real proud of yourself as you said that one. So he, You have been waiting a so week stupid. to say it would have been better off as The Invisible Movie. No, I literally just thought of it like oh two minutes ago. Oh my god! Yeah, that that that's just how clever I off the cuff I am. I'll give it to you. That was actually kind of funny. Yeah, that's a that's a I good mean, way yeah, of saying hilarious. I wish it never yeah. existed. Yeah, I completely disagree with you. So I guess <laughs> I guess we're in it now. It was it was very well directed. I like the um I don't know the way he moves the camera where he'll kind of just go back and forth. And make you feel like, oh, someone's coming. Yeah. And then nothing happens until, you know, fourth or fifth time that he yeah. does it. So you don't see it coming. So it doesn't necessarily need to be a jump scare that's just easy ah! yeah, for no reason. Easy. Right. That if, probably if, just got some people. <laughs> if there is a jump scare. It was earned. Well, and it's it's diegetic. It happens in the movie. Like she, when she the kicks paint. the dog bowl. Oh, okay, or the yeah. Paint. yeah. Both of those are good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's actually a good point. I feel like one of the things I liked the most about the movie was the camera work, the cinematography, the directing. Um, because of the way that there was so much empty space in it, because you know he's like framing the invisible man into right. the into the frame, and he'll pan over to nothing, and it'll seem like, why did they just pan over to nothing until you think about He's panning over to the Invisible Man. Right. And it just makes everything so much scarier because every time the camera moves or pans, you're thinking, what's there that I don't see? Right. And it really added to that tension. Um, What's funny is... That was well done. Yes. And and interesting. And I did enjoy that 
I don't know, thought process. The, kind of just the use of a horror movie about an invisible man, I feel like, was done well. Like, I will say that I wrote, th- I wrote down pretty much the entire plot just so that I mm-hmm. can remember it. And while I was writing it down, I couldn't remember what scene happened before what scene. And there was quite a bit of things that, like, I would write what happened and put, like, question marks, almost like, why the fuck did that happen? Like, why did they have to do that? The big one for me that pulled me out of the movie was Cecilia, played by Elizabeth Moss, going to her sister, Emily, to, like, get help. And the sister being like, you emailed me. And, and you mm-hmm. said you didn't want me anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's like, she said, I didn't email you. I don't know what that was. And she, I'll admit, she sounds like a crazy person. But can we, like, talk about it? She slammed the door in Cecilia's face, and that was the end of the sister yeah. for most of the movie. Not one character in this movie acted as a person that this is happening to would act. Like, they didn't act rationally. None of them. Because even the guy doing it, quote unquote, yeah. the invisible man, yeah, like n- none of it made sense. So more examples of times that, see, the sister, it took me out of the movie, like for a minute that mm-hmm. I was just like, that's just not what someone would do, especially your sister, that what they've set up is that they have had some sort of a close relationship. Right. Um, that's just not what would happen. And so that took me out of the movie. There were a couple other things that didn't take me out of the movie as much, but did just make me think like they couldn't have figured out something else to do right. or something. Um, what were some other things that you had question marks next to? So pretty much one of them was uh, James um, finds mail for Cecilia in the mail. And she's like, no one knows I'm here. Clearly Cecilia and James are friends. So like if she had to go stay somewhere, wouldn't people that know Cecilia know that she has a friend, James, that she might stay with? No, I don't. It seemed like that was one of the sister's friends. Okay. And so Emily called James and said, can you house my sister? Because, you know, abusive boyfriend and all that stuff. Right. And he's okay. a cop. Thanks for explaining that one. The The person that didn't like the movie as much no, is helping clear that up the That was one of the few me. things that made sense. Okay. Okay. Um, I, I'm going to skip ahead a little bit. This invisible man. Yes. The guy from Haunting of Hill House. His whole plan is to make her seem crazy. So she wants to go back to him, even though she thinks he's dead. And to achieve this, he slits her sister's throat. Maybe. The only thing I can think of is that maybe the idea was to drive her insane like this, right? And slits the sister's throat, you know, cutting off her, the person that helped her last time. And maybe he genuinely thinks that she's going to buy it, that it was his brother the whole time. And that he never had, like, any hand in it at all. And that it's terrible, everything that happened, and that they can only be together because they both survived what their his brother did to her and, and him. It's like, it only makes sense if, like, he really buys that she's going to buy that. Also, was it meant to be unclear whether or not it was him the whole time? That's a really good question. I kind of feel like we should come back to that. Okay, and then the the daughter, Sydney, gets slapped in front of Cecilia. And clearly to viewers, the invisible man slaps the girl. And the girl stands up and says, you hit me. 
And I was just like, what? And then, like, James comes in, and she's like, Cecilia hit me. And James is like, what? Like, they all acted as if that's a completely normal, like, that that would have happened. I know that this is completely out of character for you. And that you just agreed to send my daughter to fashion school. Yeah. And have no reason to just randomly, out of nowhere, hit her. Yes. But I'm going to leave you alone in my home. Yes. Because he's got to protect his baby. For the foreseeable future. Yep. And after Cecilia was like, yeah, like, let's go eat cake. Like, yeah, that's exactly what I need. Thank you, Sydney. And then slaps her. And Sydney's like, what? That scene made no sense. Don't get coffee everywhere. And and the thing is. That was actually smart. That's that, no, something that, was that smart. someone would yes, do. That was smart. But the thing is, what it felt like was that our buddy Lee was like, I need to get her alone in the house. Yeah. How are we going to do that? How are we going to achieve that? And that's what he came up with. And I just feel like it could have been pretty much anything else. And why was... Okay, so in this scene, she finally puts together that her abusive ex-boyfriend, husband, whoever it was, Mm -hmm. uh, must be there in the house and invisible. Mm -hmm. So she calls his phone. And hears it ringing in the attic. Mm-hmm. Right above her. Right. So she goes up in the attic. There's her documents that were Missing. mysteriously gone during a job interview. Yep. There's his cell phone. And there's a knife that she was using uh, in the kitchen in an earlier scene. That one missing. And I guess they didn't know. And he's got it in a Ziploc bag. Yep. Because reasons. Yep. What... Why? Why is it in a Ziploc bag? Yeah, like what? What's the significance of that knife? Because it's not the knife from later on in the movie that's no. that's used. No, I unless don't know he th- unless he was gonna use it to kill the daughter or or the James, <laughs> and like frame her. That's what I was thinking about the Ziploc. I was wondering, did he wipe it down and like put it in the Ziploc for safekeeping, and then he's but gonna like, like print her prints on it or something? Well, she was using it to cut right vegetables exactly. With, so it yes. was on there, but yes. He was gonna plant the knife, but that's, that's but that's you and me, right, right, right. Well, and also, why lead her to it? Like, because all that stuff that, because then also, she gets up there, and the phone gets a text that says surprise, almost making it seem like he knew that she was gonna find it, but she only found it because she decided to call him, and it's a surprise. Like, what's it supposed to mean to her? Like that when he he's around, surprise. I guess. Yeah, like I think that it's supposed to be like surprise. I've been doing all this the whole time. Can we talk about the suit? Not yet. I wore my you birthday suit to the theater. You should have. So yeah, let's talk about the suit actually, because that scene leads right into it, into like you said, a pretty good jump scare that we'd been waiting this whole time for was uh. As she's crawling out the attic, I guess she gets a sensation that she knows like he's got to be right there, and so she dumps paint onto uh, onto his head. So the paint hits this invisible thing, and it it you know showers over him and reveals the shape of the man. But almost it almost looked like a golf ball head kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It like had divots in it and stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's when. You're supposed to kind of have the realization, I think, that, like, it's a suit. It's not that he's just an invisible man. Right. And so she follows the paint, and following the paint that he 
tracked away is what leads to another of my question marks, which was, he washed it all off in about 10 seconds in a sink. And it was on his head, his shoulders, his knees, his toes. It was on everything. Right. And he washed it off in a sink in about 10 seconds. Right. Because reasons. That made no sense. I wish that it led to a shower, at least. Like, that that would have worked for me. I would have been like, okay, he got in the shower and it washed off. Maybe this suit is made of some sort of incredible material that it all just falls right off of. But then we learn later it's pretty much made of cameras, which paint would stick to. So, yeah, I'll agree with you. That's another one of my question mark things. But it led into one of the best scenes, which was her fighting the Invisible Man in the house. And you, I, I mean, maybe you can deny it, but I would say you can't deny how cool it was when she started smashing plates over him and they were just breaking in midair. That was cool. And it was the, it was really cool. All the fight scenes the went, while he was, was really invisible. good too. Yep. It was it like swelled yeah. up in that scene. I actually felt myself being really like, nice. It was really well shot. Yeah, it was and, very yeah, well directed. It was very well directed. You're saying the, uh, didn't the, make the script maybe kind of suffered sense. a little bit. Any sense? Can, wait, I'm not done talking about the suit. Go for it. It's made of cameras. Yes. And the idea is that the camera films the surrounding area. And then projects it onto like a little screen. That's what I'm guessing, but that, that was is, never explained. That is visible to the person looking at the suit. Yes. So if the little screen is in front of the camera. Yeah. Then the camera. How does it see. know what to project? Yep. That's a good question. They didn't really explain how the suit worked, did they? I mean, you know what? Almost like Ludacris and Fast and the Furious, you had a life before you knew me. They did say that Adrian is an optics expert or something. He was like a leading expert in the field of optics. No, I got that. So there it is. He invented it, and it works because he's a leading expert. All right. That's how it works. You know what I was thinking? I guess spoilers for Spider-Man Homecoming, but Tony Stark's plane kind of used like the same technology where they – the camera like filmed the sky and then projected what it was filming onto the plane. I've thought about this because it, that's the way the uh, helicarrier ha- works in Avengers. Okay, yeah. But when something is like up in the air and like moving quickly like mm-hmm. that, it's feasible for me to believe that someone standing on the ground is not going to see every detail. Like a little camera yeah. filming the like, sky. Yeah, floating right, there pretty right, much. Right. Yeah. But a a guy that's like living in a house with me for two months, right? Made of cameras, right? I, I'm gonna see that, right? Right. I think as much as it is hard because it's like so many times I want to say it's nitpicking that it's like, hey, it's it's a sci-fi horror movie. Like the suit doesn't really have to make sense. But there's also a part of me that's like they kind of went through a lot of trouble designing it to look like it makes sense without explaining it. I can I can suspend disbelief. Yeah. I love Star Wars. I love Harry Potter. Yeah. I can suspend disbelief. I can't abandon belief. Wow. Disbelief. I don't I lost the metaphor there. It's okay. It sounded really cool. It sounded like pretty <laughs> epic. It was like, "Whoa. He's getting deep over there." Should have been the invisible movie. Well, cuz what it is <laughs> What it is, is that with, like, Harry Potter or Star Wars or something, the rest of the world is so perfectly crafted that, like, 
you can have a couple things that don't make sense. Right. Because other stuff makes sense. It like makes sense in that world. Right. But this is the real world that this movie's taking place right. in. But the thing is This is what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. Is that is that another catchphrase? It's it's the tagline for MTV's The Real World. You are just trying to get us banned by copyrights. This whole podcast. We don't play music. We can't be a band. Anyway, what I think of is spoilers for Us. Like, you liked the movie Us, right? Loved it. So, what is it about that movie? Because that takes place in the real world. Okay. Just like this one. Kind of. How are you able to suspend disbelief that, like, the people down below got all the scissors, all the... You know, all the clothing, they ate rabbits only, like... Because it was explained that the rabbits were there for science testing purposes and mated, and that provided them with a food source, and that was the only source of food. That was explained. Okay, and then what about the clothing? You know, but you don't care. I got nothing for you. No. So, like, why, though? Because it was good. (laughs) and because at least the characters that like shouldn't have access shouldn't have had access to the things that they had access to yeah at least their motivations were explained right and they were acting consistently with what they were saying the whole plan made sense in like a specific way and the people being attacked did like what you would do if you were being attacked Oh, let me get out to the water because I know they're not on my boat. And what, are they going to swim to me? No, I'll see them coming. Oh, let me go to my friend's house because they'll know what to do. Or at least we're better off in bigger numbers. Right. Like, these things made sense. Right. Not like, oh, this perfectly rational girl from an abusive relationship is very scared and uh is acting out seems like she wouldn't hurt a fly and says that she didn't hit my daughter but my daughter says that someone hit her and this crazy girl is screaming about an invisible person see that's the thing i said to Kristen after watching this movie Kristen, if i ever come to you and i swear to god there is an invisible person stalking me and I mean, I swear to God, it's happening. You better believe me. Because that was honestly one of the things I liked about the movie was how unbelievable that prospect is. Like, your daughter gets hit. And like you said, you know the person. But they are kind of going through, like, they couldn't even walk out to get the mail like a week ago. You know? They are obviously going through something. I can kind of understand not necessarily believing that there's an invisible man, but there had to be something else. I just feel like there should have been more of a conversation. And so I think they tried to explain Here, that away. Let me separate you guys. Yes. I'm a trained police yes. officer. Oh, why'd they have to make him a trained police officer? Because that's a good point. Let me at least de-escalate the situation. Separate you guys and investigate WTF is going on. Which they tried to explain it away by saying, I have to protect my daughter. Like, that's what I want first. Right. So you're saying put her out in the car or something. Or in another room. Whatever. Or if you need to get her out of there so bad, it's it must be because you believe that maybe 
there's an invisible man. <laughs> it does also beg the question, if all of her friends and family were pretty much abandoning, abandoning her, why at the end did they decide to start believing her? Like, all she said was, I have proof, but she couldn't show it to them or anything. It sounds just as crazy. The proof was invisible. Anyway, going on about someone that keeps making great rational decisions, she runs after the fight with the invisible man in the house, Mm -hmm. you know, quickly calls an Uber or a Lyft or something, and uh, not a sponsor, either of them, quickly calls that. I mean, he gets there in what we can see about... 10 15 seconds right so he better get five stars not only does he get five stars for the quick arrival also, what did she input like pick me up in the middle of the street yeah just like with emily at the beginning um not only did he arrive very promptly but also drove her what looked like three to four hours yeah out of that and then agreed to just like wait, wait in the there car. yeah and where did she go matt back home where's home to the invisible band's house that's right. I'll give you that one too, Matt. But she needed to find the proof, okay? That's what she needed. I don't think you like this movie as, as much as you think you I did. do. I, I just th- didn't nitpick it this much. I think that it was really well directed, yes. and that's what you gravitate to. Yeah. And I'll give it to you. It was very, very well directed. Yeah. But that's it. Okay. Well, continuing on, she gets there. She finds the proof. Here's another thing that kind of bothered me. You ready for it? She there's this little moment where she has to put in the passcode to get into the room for the invisible suit. Yep. And she's she almost gives like a little like you scamp kind of like performance. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, the day we met, of course. Yep. You rap scallion. Right. And she types in Valentine's Day of some year. And I just felt like that felt like it was supposed to be a moment. Yeah. That like we went, oh like she should have known you know right but like but we know absolutely (laughs) nothing about this guy or her really we still and i'm sure that this was intentional Mm -hmm. we have still yet to see his actual face oh yeah exactly dylan thought it was jake gyllenhaal the whole movie could have (laughs) been he looked just like jake gyllenhaal when jake gyllenhaal's wearing an invisibility suit (laughs) okay she gets the invisibility suit, and she stuffs it in the closet in right. the vent. And leaves it there for to come back to later. I think that the plan is she's going to now go talk to her sister, because she calls her sister to come um, meet her in a public place, and she's going to tell her sister about it, and they're going to like get the authorities involved and stuff. But guess what? Well, that doesn't get to happen. Here comes another what I would call good scene, where she meets her sister this was something that was really great, but I can already kind of see something that you're going to have a problem with. Her and her sister meet in a restaurant. We're going to skip over the waiter, okay? We're just going to skip over the waiter. Wait, the same sister that the last time we saw her yes. was like, don't contact me ever. I'm going to ignore you. Exactly. That sister. Yeah. Now they're meeting up in a restaurant. Yep. Okay. And... Pretty much, they have the conversation that they should have had in the doorway of the sister's apartment. She says, you're just going to have to believe me. And the sister pretty much is like, okay. 
Okay, now I believe you. Yep. I don't know why they didn't have that conversation. God damn it, I think I don't like this movie. <laughs> anyway, I do like the movie. Okay. So, this was actually one of my favorite, I guess you could call it jump scares. I think it might have been like my favorite jump scare, if that's what you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Where they're talking and the sister looks like up to the left. And you're thinking like, what's she looking at? And then the camera like reveals the knife just floating there. Mm-hmm. That was really cool. That was cool. And then what the Invisible Man does, beautiful sleight of hand. <laughs> he slices the sister's throat, killing her kind of instantly. She bleeds out. And then in the same motion, boom, throws it into Cecilia's hand. Right. I'm going to say that he had his hand on her hand and closed her hand over the knife. Let's say that. And she didn't drop it. Maybe he kept holding the hand. Yeah, I don't know why she didn't drop the knife. Would it have helped? If she dropped the knife, people still would have seen her sitting there with the sister. They would have seen a knife on the floor next to her. Maybe it wouldn't have helped. It would have helped me. It would have helped you? Okay. She did stand there with the knife, or sit there with the knife for like a long time. She looked at the knife too. Like, what is this thing? And it gave enough time for people to notice. They think she killed her. I think Elizabeth Moss gave a good performance here of the shock of what just happened, really getting into her. I thought that was a really good performance. I thought Elizabeth Moss was great in the movie. Yeah. If anything, it's the writing pulling her down. She She's very good at playing the character that she plays. The, what do you mean? Like a character that no one in, believes in, in us, intense. in Handmaid's Tale, or whatever. <laughs> you want to try saying that again? <laughs> I don't know what it's called. The Handmaid's Tale. Yeah, yeah. In this, like, I... She plays, like, a really, like, intense, crazy emotional... Yeah. Yeah, kind of character. And she does do it very well. She does well. it very well. And I think she... I think she was kind of different in us, but that's neither here nor there. Um... But anyway, that was a good performance. She gets taken to like a hospital. Um, and this is where another great thing happened. A, a great fight sequence and everything. But before that, this is something I want to say. He, she's being put, da- put down. <laughs> she's being put under with like a sedative. And as she's going falling asleep um, or falling unconscious, she hears presumably the invisible man say surprise. Right. Voice completely unmuffled. Right next to her. We have never heard Adrian talk. The surprise kind of means nothing to us, except that we know that it said it on the phone. I mean, it's right? a, it's a, it said it on the phone, and it's a disembodied voice. Saying surprise. That we already witnessed, you know, the scene in the attic with the paint and, right. the, and the night. So like, It makes sense. I, I get it. But why I bring that up is... Do you mind if I skip to just the end of the movie? I've been praying that you would. (laughs) Should have been an invisible movie. So he says surprise in the hospital. Cut to the very end of the movie when she's sitting with Adrian at a dinner table. And he comes over and says surprise in a sentence. And I couldn't remember what it sounded like the first time, like when you heard it in the hospital. And so she has a face that's like that matched, you know? So it's like I could just go along with what I saw and say, okay, it must have been the same. But you asked earlier, if we didn't cut it out, 
Yeah. That... If if we're if it's supposed to be like obvious or if it's supposed to be up to an interpretation, if it was him, uh-huh. I don't know. Like I can't tell you what I think it should be because maybe I can go back and just watch the scene where he says and now, surprise and watch it now. And now I, as a member of the audience, am supposed to buy that the fact that he said the word surprise is enough to get this police officer to agree to be an accessory to murder. A police officer, mind you, that never heard him say surprise the first time. Right. Or saw it on the phone. Right. And who is under the impression that this woman struck his child. Or you know what? He may have said something about, like, hey, I should have believed you. I feel like if we're not remembering him saying that, this is after he got his ass kicked by an invisible man. So he he believes okay. there's an invisible man. Okay. I did. I completely forgot that scene. That was that was another awesome. The effects with the Invisible Man. I were thought so he was cool. I thought he was gonna kill him. Yes, so that, did I. That was a good scene. That was a really good scene. So pretty much in the end, I don't know if it's supposed to. If you're supposed to think yes, it's him or no, it's not him. I mean, the way that he the the guy from Hill House played Adrian, I was like, this guy's a douche. Mm-hmm. Like, so it's just like, yeah, he did it, you know. But because at the end, I couldn't really tell. It made it hard to know if I should be like happy for Cecilia or if I should be like scared of her. And then with her leaving, holding the duffel bag with the invisibility suit in it. Right. Which is something that almost feels like, you know, at the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark, that maybe we should be putting this thing away so no one can ever get to it. Mm-hmm. You kind of think like, what's she going to do with it? And I'm kind of upset that you've brought me to this point where I'm feeling like I didn't like the movie because... I liked at the end where she walks out and she like, you know, takes a breath and the movie ends because it's like, oh, she can finally breathe, you know, because the the threat is over. Mm -hmm. But now I'm just stuck here thinking, was she the threat the whole time? Uh, I don't think she was, but it it was definitely a discombobulated movie. mm -hmm. Like the 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 plot. Right. Like like we've said about 400 times at this point, the directing's amazing. But the writing just fell short, which um, which I don't think really is the case in other movies that our boy Lee wrote. So that's a little disappointing. But I'm going to go ahead and say I still liked the movie. Okay. Because I... You stick to your guns. I pretty much watched it and just ignored all of that. Right. Well, if you had a good time watching it, you had a good time watching right. it. I didn't... I'm I'm playing it up a little bit. I didn't actively dislike the movie but i'm 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 never gonna watch it again i think i'll probably watch it again i i will say that um that just for the for the interesting way that they moved the camera i like i'm just interested in seeing it again now that i kind of know everything that happened because another thing that i liked and this is completely just something i thought of and thinking back to it i don't think that this is what they were going for but something I liked was like in certain scenes, there was a scene where Cecilia, I guess, had gone shopping. So she was like taking the clothes out of the bags and the camera was on her. And all of a sudden, the camera just kind of panned to the right and like sat there. And then eventually Cecilia like moved over into that area and like hung the clothes up. Right. And then it panned back. And I almost thought of it as like imagining if the invisible man actually touched the camera. Like he's just like. You can't see him, and he's just this unseeable force that's actually, like, 
having an effect on the movie. Um, cause they did it like a couple times where the camera just like pans away to nothing. Well, I mean, I think he was like sitting, there. he was there, right. he was in the frame and that's what they were doing. But before I like kind of knew for sure that he was there, that's the feeling I was getting. Gotcha. And I liked that. Um, then later finding out, oh, they're just framing the invisible man is also a really cool thing because it makes me want to go back and see all the different times that he could have been in this shot or that shot. And I wasn't paying attention to it. I do wonder if there's anything that like moves in the background or anything, but I don't know. I haven't heard anything about it. That would be really cool though. Okay. So final kind of judgment. I can see where you're going. I would say if you had to rate this out of five stars, what would you do? One and a half. I would probably say three stars, maybe two and a half. I liked the things I liked were the camera work, the directing and the sound and especially the music. It was kind of strange to me how much I liked the music. I wasn't expecting that. Um, and so those things really like kind of keep pushing it up and pushing it up. So I'll go with two and a half. You can go with three. I'll go with three. You can go with four. No, I'm I'm sticking with three. All right. I just don't want to always be giving every movie a, f- a freaking three or whatever, <laughs> but I'm giving this one a three. Would you recommend it? I would not. I would say, you know, if you like horror movies and you want to see interesting camera work, go watch it because it did do some some interesting stuff with the cameras and the effects. We really didn't even talk about the hospital fight scene at all because we were spending so much time on negatives, but the hospital fight scene was really cool. If you got some housework to do or you need something on in the background, sure, throw it on. <laughs> oh, God. Maybe watch like a compilation on YouTube of all the cool scenes or something like that. Yeah. I would definitely say it's it's more of something if you're just a fan of Lee Wannell or something like that. Apparently, we're not fans because we don't even know how to say his name correctly. Our opinions don't matter. That's 100% right. Keep that in mind, especially you, Lee. Our opinions don't matter. And that being said, I am still a fan of yours, so if you are listening, that's wild. Anyway, I'm Cody. I'm Matt. And that was The Invisible Man. Have a good one.